Ayah number 19. Inna ladina, indeed those people who yuhibbuna they love on that tashi'a al-fahishatu. Tashi'a, it spreads. What spreads? Al-fahishatu, indecency, immorality. Those people who like that immorality, indecency should spread amongst who? Fil ladina amanu, in those people who believe then for such people, لَهُمْ عَذَابٌ أَلِيمٌ For them is a painful punishment في dunya in this world وَالْآخِرَةِ and also in the hereafter. Meaning this is a crime in the sight of Allah. What is a crime in the sight of Allah? Spreading indecency amongst believers. وَاللَّهُ يَعْلَمُ And Allah knows. وَأَنْتُمْ لَا تَعْلَمُونَ And you do not know. Allah knows and you do not know. What is it that Allah knows that you are unaware of? So many things. And in the context over here, the harmful effects of immorality spreading amongst people. Now, notice over here, Tashi'a al-Fahishatu. Tashi'a is from the root letter Shin Ya'in. Alright? Sha'a. Like for example, it is said Sha'a al-Khabr. Khabr meaning news, it spread. It became common. Everybody got to know about it. So, Isha'a is the spreading of something. When something becomes public, when something is not hidden anymore, it's not behind closed doors anymore, rather it's done openly, it's spread. So, Tashi'a al-Fahisha, Fahisha spreads. Fahisha becomes common. Now the question is, what is Fahisha? Fahisha generally translated as indecency, immorality. It's from the word Fuhish. And Fuhish is that which is basically used for anything that is, you could say, unacceptable. Kind of munka, kind of wrong. But Fahisha, it's called Fahish because it's something that is rejected, something that is not acceptable to the sound intellect. It is something that is not acceptable in the religion. And remember that Fahisha is also that action which is of a sexual nature. Alright? So Fahisha in the Qur'an, this term is used for zina. It is used for fornication, for adultery. It is also used for homosexuality. It is also used for marrying muharramat, alright, marrying women who are forbidden upon a person to marry, alright. So the word fahisha is used in different ways. And in the Quran it is very clear that fahisha is something that Allah has forbidden upon believers. In Surah Al-A'raf ayah 33, Allah says, قُلْ إِنَّمَا حَرَّمَ رَبِّيَ الْفَوَاحِشِ مَا ظَهَرَ مِنْهَا Say that my Lord has forbidden fawahish indecencies, whether they are apparent or they are hidden. Meaning an indecent action, an immoral action, whether it is done openly or privately, it is something that Allah has forbidden. Then in the Quran, we also learn that fahisha, this is from who? This is from shaitan. Meaning shaitan wants people to indulge in indecency. So for example, in Surah Al-Baqarah, Ayah 268, we learn that shaitan is the one who يَأْمُرُكُمْ بِالْفَحْشَاءِ He orders you to do fahsha. So indecent actions are from who? Shaitan. And in the Qur'an we also learn that believers, they avoid fahisha. In Surah Al-Shura, Ayah 37, وَالَّذِينَ يَجْتَنِبُونَ كَبَائِرَ الْإِثْمِ وَالْفَوَاحِشِ The believers are those who avoid major sins and they also avoid immoralities, indecencies. They avoid them. 
So, fahisha is something that the believers avoid. Fahisha is something that the believers are not interested in. Why? Because it affects their faith, it affects their iman, it affects their spirituality. So they abstain from it, they leave it. But shaitan wants people to indulge in fahisha. And there are certain people also who want that believers should do fahisha. Now, remember the context of these verses. What is the context? When Aisha radiallahu anha was accused of committing adultery. Now who came up with this idea? Abdullah bin Ubay came up with this, right? But then what happened? The whole town, everybody started talking about it. Right? Everybody started talking about it. Now this is an indecent thing. What is indecent thing? That so-and-so committed zina with so-and-so. Right? It's indecent speech. But what happened? Abdullah bin Ubay started this, and this conversation or this speech, it became widespread everywhere. Right? So this was the spreading of indecency. Wasn't it? It was the spreading of indecent talk. So these kind of conversations, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not like them. As we saw in the previous verses, how the believers were reprimanded. That when you heard this, how come you did not say that this was an ifk? How come you did not say that it is not correct for us to talk about this? Right? Meaning Allah does not approve that believers should talk about indecent things. Now remember that indecency, right, fahisha, is of different levels. It is of different categories. One fahisha is that which is in speech. That which is in speech. So indecent talk. So-and-so is having an affair with so-and-so, you know, talking without any proof. Alright? Certain words, explicit words, which are inappropriate, which should not be used all the time. I mean, something that I don't understand. When a person is angry, when a person is upset, why do they have to say words which are filthy? Right? I mean, for example, number two, why do you have to say that when you're angry? Right? You know what I mean. I don't want to say it. I hate that word. But you know exactly what I'm talking about. So why say it when you're angry? I mean, think about it. It's so disgusting. It's filthy. It's horrible. Why should you say it when you're angry? Why? And then other swear words also. What are they? Filthy, immoral, fahish, right? Fahish. So, one kind of fahisha is that which is in speech. Whether it is talking about love affairs, or it is talking about, you know, intimate relationship between a man and a man, or a man or a woman, or whatever, disgusting things, bringing that in one's speech, this is fahisha. And remember that when one person uses such words, then these words don't remain limited to him. What will happen? These words will spread. They will become common. Isn't it so? Like for example, in a particular workplace, if there is an individual who uses certain words, what will happen after a few weeks? You will see other people are also using the same words. You will see little children even. It's amazing how they pick up bad words from each other. right? And for them a bad word could be something very basic, but still it's a bad word. It's not appropriate for children to talk about this. right? So fahisha is something that Allah does not like. And we should not bring it in our speech. Because when we bring it in our speech, what will happen? Tashi'a al-fahisha. Fahisha will spread. It will become common. And very soon what will happen? It will not be considered immoral. It will not be considered indecent. Doesn't that happen? 
Doesn't that happen? I mean, you hear a bad word for the first time, you're like, Astaghfirullah. Right? And then you hear it again, you're like, Astaghfirullah. But then by the time you hear it for the 5th, 6th, 7th, 10th, 50th time, like, okay, doesn't matter. You don't even notice it. You don't even feel it. So imagine the sin that a person is accumulating because he doesn't even consider fahisha to be fahisha anymore. You understand? So this is why fahisha should not spread, even in speech. So what's the lesson for us over here? What's the lesson for us over here? If somebody is having an affair with another, hmm? and you think they're having an affair, you think so-and-so has a crush on another, or whatever on another, don't bring it in your speech. Don't bring it in your conversations. Why? Because then you are part of spreading indecency. And when we are spreading indecency, then what does Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say? Such people, what's the punishment? Look at the ayah. What's the punishment? Hmm? What is the punishment? Lahum adabun alimun fid dunya wal akhirah. Punishment, painful punishment in this world and in the next. Assalamu alaikum. Recently I read about a justice of the peace who was suspended because he'd been making remarks about his co-workers and everybody, they'd feel embarrassed but nobody came out to say what he said, right? But somebody was bold enough, she went and she took up this issue and when she said what he commented about her condition or whatever and then more and more women came forward and all these comments in the newspaper. So you see that eventually this man, although he was he holds such a high position, imagine the disgrace to be reprimanded and to be suspended. Yes. This is part of, you know, the consequences, right? That despite having such a high position, despite being so wealthy and powerful, what happens? Such a person is brought to court and one woman after the other is coming up against him that he's been saying indecent words about me or to me, right? And these are just words. Because then words, what do they become? They turn into actions, right? So one level of fahisha is in speech. Another thing I was reading was that uh, the various states in the U.S., they held a debate about should gay marriages be allowed. And as they were discussing about it, a lot of states were opposing it. And one senator, he was actually uh, dragged out and he was screaming that the Bible says the people who do that burn in hell. I mean, as he was dragged out, he was screaming this. But they're not taking any notice. At first it was shocking. A lot of states opposed it. And then eventually, you know, like, it just like Sister Temia said, they begin to accept it. And the person who's opposing it, he's seen as the one who's bad. Okay. So, fahisha in speech. Give me examples of that so that we know exactly what to avoid. Go ahead. Assalamu It just came to my mind that when you're with your friends and you might be teasing about her having, like her liking another guy or something like that, and even if she says it's not true, but you're just like joking around, and that also counts as fahisha because it's still not exactly. halal. Exactly. And then what happens? She's being you know, harassed about it, and then she thinks, you know what, I think I do. Maybe I don't. Maybe I do. But I should. So everybody's talking about, okay, so who do you like and who do you like? And oh my God, I don't like anybody. I have to come up with somebody. Right? You see how fahisha spreads? Through words? Go ahead. 
Setting people up. Okay. What else? Fahisha in speech. And also um, pointing out like, oh, that person looked at you, he smiled at you, and this and that. Yeah, so these kind of conversations of in the indecent nature. You know, it's natural that to be attracted to the opposite gender. It's very natural. And inshallah, there are verses coming about that. But you see, feelings, they come. Right? They're there. And we learn that it's okay to have those feelings. We should not follow them up with actions or with words. Because once we follow them up with words or with actions, then we are accountable. Go ahead. Assalamu alaikum. Talking about a husband-wife intimate relationship with siblings or friends or whatever mm-hmm. in public. Yeah, that is also inappropriate, indecent. Similar to what she said, under like too much information, sometimes it's a, a female issue or something. You shouldn't be talking about that in front of your father or your brothers. Assalamu alaikum. Describing someone's physical appearance in explicit manner. This yeah. is also Fahisha. Of course. This is also Fahisha. Assalamu alaikum. Giving name for something indecent act or saying us in a slang way and putting inappropriate remarks. Yeah. This is also a kind of fahisha. And um, you see, we generally go to extremes. Right? Either it is that we don't talk about things that need to be discussed, that need to be taught. So for example, if a girl, she's reaching the age of puberty, she's close to it, and she has questions that how come my sister, older sister, doesn't pray these days? Or how come mom, you are not praying and you're telling me to pray? She's curious, she's wondering. I mean, she's close to that age, she should be taught about the issue of menstruation. And you know what she's going to find out sooner or later anyway. So you might as well educate her properly, right? Likewise, kids hear about things which are inappropriate from their friends at school, and not just from their friends, they watch it on TV in an ad or something, and they have questions. So it's necessary that we educate our children, our families about these matters, but how? In an appropriate manner, in a decent manner. And if we don't do it properly, then you know what's going to happen? They're going to learn it through a fuhish way. And when they will learn it through a fuhish way, through an indecent way, then what will happen? People who are in this world, around us, they will realize that children need to learn about these issues. And what will happen? Such education will become mandatory in schools, which will be beyond what the children even need to learn. Honestly, I feel, you know, for example, these days, the new curriculum, so many Muslims are worried, right? You know why? Because when our children don't learn about these things properly, they learn about them through wrong ways. We're not doing our job. We're not talking to our children about these matters. And when we don't, they find out through wrong ways, they're giggling, giggling in class, you know, and then the teacher has to address these issues. She has to. I mean, honestly, when I see my children learning about certain words, I honestly feel like going up to their teacher and requesting the teacher, can you please talk about this in school? Because once something is spoken about in school, then the children take it very seriously. Right? They take it seriously. So we have to do our part. I mean, in the Qur'an we are given this education. In the sunnah we are given this education. Imagine a woman came to the Prophet ﷺ and she asked him directly, that if I have a wet dream, do I have to take a bath? 
And I mean, the wife of the Prophet ﷺ who was sitting there, she became so shy, she covered her face in shock, like how could you even say that? And how could you even have that? And then secondly, how could you even say that to the Prophet ﷺ? She was shocked. But the Prophet ﷺ handled the question very normally, and he gave her the answer in khalas. Because this is an issue. Right? So we have to address these issues appropriately, and if we don't do that, then these will spread through a fuhish way, through an indecent way. It is our duty as older siblings or as parents or as adults or whoever we are, whatever role we are playing, we need to address these issues. Otherwise, fahisha is going to spread. Right? And also, when children do get exposed to the society and they do come across these concepts and they come asking questions, don't say, don't talk about this. And, astaghfirullah, your tongue is so dirty now. Don't say these things. You know, if they're asking a question, that means they're curious. And if you don't satisfy their curiosity, they're gonna go find out. They will find out. So it's amazing that the child has actually come up to you and asking you. You should be the reference point. Right? Whether you are the older sibling or whoever, and all of you, whoever you are, if you know little children, and if ever such a question is brought up or such a discussion is brought up, please handle that properly. You know, for example, little children, they have this question, where did I come from? Where did I come from? Right? And then they see women with big tummies. What's inside? What's wrong with her? Right? So, no, 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 nothing, nothing, nothing. Really? Tell them. I'm not saying you have to tell them the entire process A to Z, but tell them what is of relevance to them. Right? Tell them what is necessary for them to know. Because if you don't satisfy their curiosity again, they're going to find out ways of learning about these issues. Right? So, we should be countering fahisha. This is our duty. Counter fahisha. Counter the spread of fahisha. So one fahisha is in speech. Another kind of fahisha is in actions. And actions, whether they are you know, watching, looking at, or listening to, or doing it, all of this is part of action. Right? So for example, watching fahisha. Those who like that fahisha should spread, meaning people should watch, people should see fahisha. How is it that people see fahisha? How? It could be on a screen. Right? It could be on a person, right? The way they're dressed, or the way they're acting, or the way they're behaving, right? It could be in the form of a book that is being read, so that the mind is just working, working, right? Imagining everything that that is written, watching it. So we should be countering that. We should not be of those who are spreading indecency so that others are watching it, listening to it, or doing it. So those people who like that fahisha should spread, for them is a painful punishment in the dunya and the akhirah. Wallahu ya'lamu wa antum la ta'lamun. Allah knows and you do not know. Because sometimes we wonder, what's the harm? What's the big deal? Right? What's the big deal? If such words are said, or if a person dresses up in this way in front of their you know, children, for example, what's the big deal? Right? What's the harm? Allah knows, you do not know. You know, in the middle schools now, little, little children, they are coming, mommy. She was saying, me, you are very hot. And I said, what is hot? I said, hot is a chilly hot. No, you are hot. Then I came to know hot means, you are very sexy. Go, what is sexy? Small children. And now they have to pick up those dress. They saw those movies, saw those books, where you have to look hot and sexy. Small middle school children. Yes. It's really sad. 
I mean, it's amazing how little girls even, how sometimes they will walk and sometimes they're so particular about their hairstyle, about their dress. I mean, it's sad. I went to get a swimming costume for my daughter the other day and honestly, I couldn't find anything that was decent enough. So I bought a boy's, you know, swimming trunks for her that had flowers on it and just a shirt because I can't put something like that on her. Her haya will go away. Her modesty will slip away. Right? And also, think about how we dress little girls. You know, we say, oh, they're little, it's okay. But if she's walking around at the age of six, you know, completely sleeveless, and shorts, her legs exposed, I don't know if she'll be willing to put on a hijab in a couple of years. Her haya is not there. Go ahead. Some songs like they speak about, it's like a word, it's like a story about telling about the woman, the her body, or what they do, mm-hmm. man and woman, and together. So it's like when you listen to some songs, you can't help it sometimes because when you're working, there is a song that they, they um, um, listening the other yes. people that you work with, you have no choice. But some words, when you hear it, it's really something that you, it's, Yes, I mean the lyrics, the words, the background sounds, all of that is pure fahisha, right? It's pure indecency. So if a person will listen to these things, then what's going on in their mind? And how filthy will that mind be? Right? And then it leads to dissatisfaction in a relationship because a person wants, you know, extreme pleasure or extreme satisfaction and that is not possible all the time. Disappointment, frustration. And then it leads to so many more evils. Watching things that are inappropriate. Imagining things that are inappropriate. Listening to things which are inappropriate. I mean, pornography, it's such a horrible addiction, but it's also such a common addiction now. And we think it's a problem with non-Muslims. Even Muslims, many Muslims, they are a victim of this addiction. Because it starts small, but it gets bigger and it gets worse and worse. So this is all part of spreading fahisha. You see, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He is Himself pure. And He likes purity for His servants as well. He likes decency for His servants. He does not like fasad. He does not like any kind of corruption. Assalamualaikum. Um, a lot of the books like literature per se, we read in our English class, they have some stuff like that. So how should we deal with that? If we're in school and they tell us to read a book, that would be on our exam. I mean, if when, they have stuff like that. When you don't have a choice with regards to that, like for example, even when it comes to Arabic language actually, right? If you want to know the pure Arabic, you have to refer to the poetry of the days of Jahiliya. Alright? And a lot of that poetry was, you could say, romantic poetry. Right? So, you have to refer to that in order to learn the meaning of Abd, in order to learn the meaning of Hub in order to learn the meaning of Khalil, right? You have to refer to that poetry. But again, you're only referring to it as much as is necessary, right? And you recognize the wrong, which is part of that. You're not indulging in it, all right? And also, once you've taken from it what you need, then that's enough. You don't need to go on telling those stories to everybody and, you know, spreading the fahisha. Just leave it there. Over here, Allah SWT explains how, like most people don't see the harm in it, but He does. One of the harms that is shown of 
pornography is obviously a whole lot more violent behavior towards women or to men, however it is. Even children. Even to children. Like, abuse has become so much more common because people's desires are just, like, out of control, and there's so many outlets for them to try and fulfill them. And so it just creates a more violent and, you know, more difficult environment for people. So those who like to spread fahisha, those who spread this fahisha amongst the believers, for them is a painful punishment in the dunya and the akhirah. Because it leads to many evils. It leads to many harmful consequences. وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ And had it not been for the favor of Allah on you, وَرَحْمَتُهُ And His mercy, if it was not for Allah's favor and His mercy on you, وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ رَؤُوفٌ رَحِيمٌ And that indeed Allah is kind and merciful, then what? The conclusion of this clause, right, of this conditional clause is kept silent. It's not given because it's understood. And the reason why it is kept silent is for the purpose of greater effectiveness. And what is the answer? What is the conclusion? That if it was not for Allah's favor, if it was not for Allah's mercy on you, and if it was not that Allah is kind and merciful, then you would have been duly punished. Because you see in the previous ayah, what is mentioned? Those who spread fahisha for them is painful punishment in dunya and akhirah. So this time it was a mistake when you spread the slander, when you spoke about it without knowledge. You indulged in spreading indecency. But Allah was merciful to you, He was kind to you, He showed favor to you. This is why He forgave you. But realize that you would have been punished because the spreading of indecency is something that Allah does not like, that Allah does not tolerate. It is not something that is acceptable near Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. What do we see over here? Allah's kindness, His compassion, His forgiveness towards His servants. That when they make a mistake out of ignorance, then Allah, He pardons them. Allah overlooks them. But once a person has knowledge, and then while he realizes what he's doing, yet he does wrong, then what do we learn from this? That he is punishable then. In Surah An-Nahl, Ayah 61, we learn, وَلَوْ يُؤَاخِذُ اللَّهُ النَّاسَ بِظُلْمِهِمْ مَا تَرَكَ عَلَيْهَا مِنْ If Allah were to punish people for their wrongdoing, then He would not have left upon the earth any creature. Not even a single creature would remain alive today. وَلَكِنْ يُؤَخِرُهُمْ إِلَىٰ أَجَلٍ مُسَمَّى But He defers them for a specified term. Let's listen to the recitation of these verses. وَلَوْلَا فَضْلُ اللَّهِ عَلَيْكُمْ وَرَحْمَتُهُ وَأَنَّ اللَّهَ رَؤُوفٌ رَّحِيمٌ سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك نشهد أن لا إله إلا أنت نستغفرك ونتوب إليك السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته